All right, we're uh, we are rolling. Garage Logic Podcast number ninety three, Feb five, twenty nineteen. It was twenty seven below on this day in nineteen seventy nine, and fifty one as recently as two thousand five. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, Why are they even and in a of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. So uh, this morning, hi, GLers. This morning I had to get the energy resource recycling material, uh, you normal people call that trash, right? down to the end of the driveway. Ooh. It was a slight incline. And also uh, the blue uh, bin that has the radio monitoring device in it to report on me to the state. <laughs> I had to get that down to the foot. You know how I did it? Tell me. And, and this is no way to live. It, it got me thinking. I don't want to live here. Despite we'll get to this. Okay. Despite we have a new uh, tourism model now. We're the we're the true north. Right. True north. I, I don't want it. I don't want to live here. I took the bin down, the energy resource recycling material. And I stood behind it and held onto the handle, <laughs> and I let it pull me like a slave. I can, I can picture you doing this. It worked. I didn't go down. Because it provided you uh, stability, even though you were sliding like on a pair of ice skates. It's cakes. sliding. And I'm like a Zamboni, and I'm holding on to it. How did you get back up? I walked back up in the yard. Thankful for some so some no, shrubbery that might no, be there. No, to give you perky. Okay, okay. So okay now I, so I get back up. I get the blue uh, bin that's spying on me because the state has a radioactive chip in it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, which I haven't just gotten around yet to get enough needle nose pliers in there and just rip the <laughs> hell out of it. So I did the same thing. Launched that baby down the incline, slid right behind it, and it worked. It helped that it wasn't empty. Well, it wasn't empty. <laughs> Almost an embarrassing noise. No, it's uh, it really is. I'm very all careful. All that paper that gets all that in paper. There. You know, you try to. You know, I'll even cheat sometimes. Maybe just grab a brown paper bag and just kind of fill it in as maybe a, a level divider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, I don't want to wake the neighbors. Yeah, and so I'm thinking, well. You know, I did it. I didn't go down. I didn't fall. Right. But, I mean, here it is. You know, you're in the twilight of your life. You know, yep. you're a mayor. Yep. You're a fireworks commissioner. You're a flashlight king. What good are those titles? When a guy has to slide down behind a trash bin, hanging onto it like a sleigh. It's really, um, uh, it's very telling. And at some point, that's what forces people to be snowbirds. Even though I'm not pushing you on being no, a snowbird, I, like, I need you around here a little bit more. And closer. It's getting closer and closer. <laughs> no, this, say is, that. this is ridiculous. And then that's the driveway. Okay, that's that's not the city's fault. That's my fault. That's it's not my fault. That's just what nature provided. And you've already claimed a a, a virgin cleaning of the driveway after the big snowfall. Yeah, I don't. What the hell happened Sunday during? Was it raining during the Super Bowl? Uh, there was there, some precipitation uh, made everything a thin layer of ice. Not even a layer, just uh, it iced over the top. You know, and some of the main arteries are okay. Uh, I, I would imagine city trucks have gotten the main arteries. Uh, but yeah, University was fine. Side streets are ridiculous. 
They're, they haven't, I haven't, I don't think they've seen a sanding or salting truck. And now you have snow coming, which I, I don't think is all bad. Because that's at least going to uh, obfuscate the ice. You're going to get some purchase. Your car tires will get purchased. You can walk on the snow. Uh, but uh, I haven't seen a sanding or uh, uh, what do you call it? Salt truck. Salt truck. I don't know how it's been doing in the, the whole uh, metro area. Uh, well, and here locally in St. Paul, as we record this podcast, we're at 7 degrees, but it's going to climb to about 16, 17 overnight. So it won't be... It won't melt, but it's not going to melt and refreeze. So maybe that's good. So in keeping with that, I was, uh, oh, by the way, by the way, uh, we were scheduled to have Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum on today. Oh, yes, that's right. He's a professor at Idaho State University, a leading uh, researcher into the plausibility or probability of there being creatures out there that we know nothing about. Right. And I was going to ask him about the... uh, the probability or the plausibility or the likelihood uh, of a uh, of an unworldly creature that we know nothing about, maybe called a Sasquatch, who might have comforted that child in uh, North Carolina, getting to be what ten days ago. Yeah. Now. All right. And, give me the number. Uh, I'll call him. What, what do you got? Well, I've got uh, I got the number right here. We're gonna write it down for you. Well, uh, is there a problem? Yeah, we don't have a phone. Ooh. That's like a newspaper, <laughs> not having any paper. Uh, we had a phone, but apparently it got knocked out in a power outage. Yeah. And we've we've brought back up everything else online, but we have no capacity now to uh, uh, to have a guest by phone, uh, which is going to be remedied. Uh, but I uh, blindly thought that that would have been remedied by today. It has not been. So I, with some uh, great degree of embarrassment. I called uh, Meldrum, who's a hell of a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's been ruined by the Academy. Okay. He keeps answering his own phone. Nice. And, and I said, uh, Jeff, I can't, I can't call you today. We don't have a phone. He got a little chuckle out of that. And I, I, I thought to myself, that isn't really isn't that funny. Well, right, really. It's not really that funny. And then Ebola's all over the news again. And again, it's not being paid attention to enough. And I thought, I, I know what we'll do. Well, have Tom Combs on. Sure. Uh, uh, Alternative. Emergency room doc, author uh, in Minneapolis, and he's uh, he's very up on his Ebola knowledge. And I just started typing him an email when I said to Ooh. myself, well, wait, wait a minute, we, we don't have a phone. So I, okay. I, I, I didn't contact him, but I will if this Ebola story keeps uh, emerging. Uh, he's a very good go-to guy to talk to about that. Uh, I'm perfectly willing to be nervous about it. I'm more w- willing to be nervous about Ebola than I am uh, man-made climate fiascos. Right. Ebola scares the hell out of you because there's really there's nothing you can do. Plus, you can see it and touch it and catch it. It's real. There it is. And given the way we fly around the world as humanity, it's inevitable, perhaps someday it's inevitable, that it's a big, big problem in even in Western uh, countries. I don't know. That's why I wanted to talk sure. about the doctor. Oh, the Telos V-set and not connected. I can see that. Darn forward. On a, a side note, and I, I don't know if you'll know anything about this or not. I but, probably don't. Uh, the right measles. now, I feel like I don't know anything, Matt. The measles is making a comeback. Well, Matt, I don't know anything about the measles. No? Is that because of the anti-vaxxer movement? I'm not sure, but I wonder if it's because we have some of our uh, people from all parts of the world coming to this country and not being vaccinated. 
We pretty much I've never took care had of the measles. measles. I've never had the measles. I think you got the shot when for we were it, kids. Did we get vaccinated? I think everybody got a, a polio shot and a measles shot, and that kind of really um, uh, basically disintegrated. I know people in the industry very well, and they uh, they scoff at the anti-vaxxers. They they think they're completely uninformed and idiotic. I don't know why someone would make it. Why that would upset someone? They fear it would lead to autism or something. Uh, there's oh. no. There's I've no been injected with everything. Look at me. Well, huh? well am I not helping their point? Well, <laughs> no, I I don't know. I I uh, uh, I don't know anything about the measles. Okay, I just saw that in the news, and it un, it's an unfortunate thing to get. Do I have to be revaccinated? I don't know if you get a booster shot or not. That's again something we would talk to. Dr. Tom well, Combs about. Well, have a phone. I'll be there. Yeah, they have a Right. Maybe yeah. we'll, maybe we'll fix by. So they have a phone for that. Yep. Yeah. I just feel that that's the kind of thing that delays us getting into a groove. Uh, I think uh, I, podcasts need a groove, and I'm, I'm here to tell you that uh, today I'm a little despondent that our groove is not being established. I had to kind of help. One step the, forward, two steps back means you're not in a groove. Right. I did kind of have to walk the mayor back up the slippery driveway to tell him this: the podcast is still gonna, it's still gonna be here, gonna remain, and gonna get better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't. You know, uh, a lot of times this he'll is say ninety-three, and I've, I've been joking about whether we'd see a hundred or not. That's only seven from now. That's sometime next week when we have a phone. Maybe. Yes, I think one hundred is going to be one hundred is your turning point. I think we're going to limp to 100. <laughs> I think we're going to be solid to 100, but then it's going to really, it's going to catch on. These people that are listening on demand right now that are so spoiled that never have to miss a show like they did with the radio program are going to catch on to this and say, this is the best way to listen to Garage Logic. I know it is. That help? I'm reading a Bill Salisbury piece uh, from the Pioneer Press today. Uh, Minnesota apparently has a new tourism campaign. Yeah. Find your true north. Where is it? It's like a medallion hunt for the state. John Edmond, director of Explore Minnesota, the state's tourism promotion office, announced the new marketing campaign Monday. That would have been Monday, Feb 4, yesterday, at the start of a three-day tourism industry conference at the Intercontinental St. Paul Riverfront Hotel. Hmm. See, find okay. your true north. Right. Or find true north. Uh, Edmund, I wonder what that cost the taxpayers. It wasn't free. Edmund told more than 300 tourism industry leaders, how would you like to be a tourism uh, uh, work for the state's Department of Tourism from Florida, and you came up here for the conference? <laughs> I'd be a little disappointed. <laughs> Edmund told more than 300 tourism industry leaders that the new campaign aims uh, at shifting Minnesota's reputation from being just another Midwestern state to a new region known as the North, much as the South. Southwest and Pacific Northwest are distinct regions. Or, as the office said in a prepared statement, the campaign aspires to help make the North less of a direction and more of a calling. Less of a direction and more of a calling. Okay. The slogan works for Governor Tim Walz. This idea of finding your true north, I think it's important for us to embrace this, he said in opening remarks at the conference. I'm excited. Wall said he knew he was preaching to the choir of tourism leaders. This is what I say. The choir has to sing now. 
They have to sing loud to the rest of the state and the rest of the country. Minnesota is a destination if you want to find your true north. Minnesota is a place where you will feel welcome. And Minnesota is a place that if you come visit, you might end up staying. Mm, Not the past couple of weeks. You'd be lucky to not get in a car accident or break your hip as a pedestrian. Right. The marketing campaign will start this spring with a new series of television, print, and digital ads in Wisconsin, Iowa, North Dakota, South Dakota, and across Minnesota. Other target markets are Chicago, Denver, Kansas City, Omaha, and Winnipeg. Let me let me ask you something. Go. Why in the hell would you appeal to anybody in Wisconsin? They have their own true north. Same with the Dakotas. What, what right do we there. have to offer? Maybe we're a little further north, just at the tip. The, the correct, true north. The correct word would be farther, not farther. Further. Farther north. Farther is distance. Further is in addition to. Hmm. Tourism's a $15 billion industry in Minnesota. Uh, Edmund said his office reported the state's leisure and hospitality industry employs more than 270,000 workers, representing 11% of Minnesota's private sector employment. That industry generates 18% of the state's sales tax revenue. More than 73 million domestic and international travels Travelers visit Minnesota annual. Holy mackerel. That's a lot. Listen to that. More than 73 million domestic and international travelers visit Minnesota annually. That's astonishing. Yeah, it is. I can see it in the summer. This is a hell of a place in the summer. Just uh, one hell of a place in the summer. what What would they be doing here? Going to the lake. No, no, no. I mean, in the uh, in the in the winter, going snowmobiling, cross country skiing, ice fishing, and and uh, I suppose maybe Lake Superior. We got some good, uh, really good, um, like Craigans. But as, as much as I root for the state, and as much as I love the state, despite my uh, current uh, mood, uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> full disclosure, I, I don't know what anyone in their right mind would find appealing about having to slide behind your own trash bin down to the street. Not that a tourist would come over to my house and right. take my trash bin down for me. My point being, it was treacherous for anyone, uh, native or outsider, to even, it's been treacherous for the past couple of days to even walk around here anywhere. Yes. And that's, uh, that's not a condemnation of anything. That's an acknowledgement of nature. Well, that's that's but my if somebody had not ever experienced the winter scene, that would be attractive. Snowshoes. What's to experience? Being on a snowmobile. Okay, I would say this: it would be exciting if you lived your whole life uh, in the southern part of the United States and have never really experienced a winter. It it might be fun. No, it would be fun. It'd be very festive. Uh, to come up here, if, if you were going to gar- be guaranteed, maybe that you could be in the middle of a blizzard. I'm not suggesting a blizzard where people would die or right. terrible things would happen, but I'm saying you come up here, you're going to spend big bucks for a hotel room, and you're going to be in walking distance of some great pubs and restaurants. It might really be fun for you if you could nail down being here, maybe today and tomorrow, and we're supposed to get a lot of snow. Right. But it's it's like me always wondering about booking uh, an adventure to see the northern lights. Uh, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to fly to wherever I have to fly. But I want to be guaranteed that I'm going to see them because I'm a bad waiter. And nature doesn't really do that, do I can't. They? There's nobody I can call, really. 
and say, hey, uh, are, Frank, they, gonna, are, they doing are you going to have them tonight? <laughs> are, they, are they on tonight, yeah. and how long are they going to be? What time do I need to be out there? So, yeah, I can see people wanting to experience that that have never, that have absolutely no idea. I think the new tourism slogan is born of an identity crisis. Uh, that dates back uh, decades and decades and decades, and I think it's a legitimate identity crisis. Are we the upper Midwest? I, I don't see how we can be. There's nothing west about Minnesota. We're almost directly in the middle of the country. So upper Midwest has always been a bit of a misnomer. Maybe uh, uh, we're uh, certainly Montana. Not the, we're certainly not the Northwest. The no. Northwest is state of Washington. Right. Uh, Idaho, Montana, to a certain degree, we're the true north. That's, I guess, that's a good way to look at it. Find your true north. No matter what season, does it does it have a winter ring to it? Well, true why north? would you throw that at Winnipeg? Because what you're suggesting is that in order for people in Winnipeg to find their true north, they gotta go south. Yeah, they're coming down here from Fort Rouge. <laughs> Maybe they just haven't thought it out. But when I see True North, I see um, cold and snow. That's what maybe we have. It's, okay, but maybe it's also a takeoff of uh, Game of Thrones. I don't know. And remember what we learned yesterday uh, when we were admonished uh, to understand that the cold snaps here are uh, are the result of global warming, and we had the uh, that prize-winning statement uh, from a scientist at MIT who said, Winters would be warmer if it wasn't so cold. <laughs> and I used that a couple of times yesterday on people. Uh, hey, you know what? What? You know, winter would be warmer be if it wasn't nice, so cold. You know what? It would be a lot nicer today if it wasn't four degrees and snowing. And it would be warmer. They stared at me after I said that, mm-hmm. expecting more, but I said, that's all I got. You know that one size rarely fits anyone. That's why the gang at Federated Insurance Custom tailors your insurance needs. They'll take care of you. They... Uh, they have uh, insurance programs for individual businesses and industries, property, casualty, life, disability income. It's fantastic. They have the greatest marketing reps in the business because they get to know you and they know your operations and they will customize the coverage you need. If driving is a significant part of your business, for example, they'll talk to you about auto liability. Don't you want them in your corner when you know the darn salt and sanding trucks aren't out there? You need Federated. Are you worried about a cyber attack? I would be in this world. You could uh, you could talk to them about data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a Federated Insurance Marketing representative today to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. The Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show is back February 8th through the 10th at the Minneapolis Convention Center. The latest and greatest gear, apparel, and destination golf resort vacations. Try your luck on the green with a $100,000 pontoon putt presented by Nelson Marine. Two cool offers. With every advanced online ticket, you'll receive 17 free green fee passes and a golf shirt. Or your Up North VIP ticket comes with two vouchers for the $100,000 pontoon putt, a Nike pullover, and 18 holes at the Wilderness at Fortune Bay. The Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Tickets at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. And our field agent with a peak now. 
This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a PhD. Joe Suchere. We have to coordinate. Getting that on. See, the problem is I have to take that down every time. So it doesn't buzz for your language. Did I just talk about urban wildlife? Yeah. A Colorado runner was attacked yesterday by a mountain lion during a trail run in the northern part of the state that resulted in puncture wounds to his face, arms, legs, and back. Rebecca Farrell, a spokeswoman for Colorado Parks and Wildlife, told the Coloradoan the man was running alone at Horsetooth Mountain Open Space near Fort Collins when he was attacked from behind. The runner, whose name has not been released, fought off the cougar, killing it. Killing it with his bare hands. Come on. And hiked out of the area and drove himself to a hospital. How big are they? Uh, Wheelbarrows? They're heavy because they're brass. Are they wheelbarrow size? Yeah. The Denver Post reported that the runner suffered serious injuries that included facial bite wounds and lacerations to his body. He is expected to recover. Wildlife Officers searching the trail found the juvenile mountain lion's body near several of the runner's uh, possessions. They estimated that the animal weighed about 80 pounds. The runner did everything he could to save his life in the event of a lion attack. You need to do everything in your power to fight back. Just as this gentleman did, Mark Leslie, Colorado Parks and Wildlife Northeast Region Manager, told KKTV. The last mountain lion attack in Colorado was reported in June 2016 in Pitkin County. Mountain lion attacks are not common in Colorado, and it is unfortunate that the lion's hunting instincts were triggered by the runner, Ty Petersburg, area wildlife manager for Colorado Park, said. This could have been a very different outcome. Uh, Okay, reporting is what it used to be, so we don't know really much. How and I, I suppose your your instinct takes over and you gouge its eyes or do something because it's fighting back. It's not sitting back. Well, it's a good thing he encountered a juvenile too. Eighty pounds, he could defeat maybe. Uh, could you defeat one hundred and thirty pounds? I don't I know. I couldn't. I don't know. Wow. Well, you'd you'd give it your best shot, but I'd probably end up losing. That thing's solid muscle. If we were together running, you yeah. and I, all I'd have to do is be faster than you. Just, you got to be second slowest. Yeah, second slowest. <laughs> And I I turned back over my shoulder and said, "I'll call for help." I'll I'll be right, Rock. But right as I back. but I would keep running. But I don't have a phone, which is a theme. I don't have a phone. <laughs> I can't imagine how what defense mechanism. Yes, survival mode. But what would how would you? The thing is not sitting still, even though it's a young one. There's so much reporting that leaves me wanting to know so much more. Yeah, this would be a story. He he. Uh, the the animal expired as a result of him suffocating it or, or, or doing something. And I wanted to. Uh, I, I I want reporters in North Carolina to pursue uh, the survival of Casey Hathaway, but they appear not to be interested. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Meldrum. Don't want to have a phone. Uh, this guy uh, fought off a mountain lion. Did he choke it to death or what? You know, I want to know what. We're not being told enough. We're not being told enough by reporting. Reporting is uh, uh, suffering indignities to the craft. It's, it, when, I, when I say reporting isn't what it used to be, I had no idea how true that was going to manifest itself over the years as it plays out. But when you, you when you've said this in the past, they're not curious enough. What are they onto that they don't stay curious about a story? 
Are they on to the next uh, uh, transportation story? That's I don't what know. I don't I, I'm, I'm big on curiosity. I, I'm curious by nature, apparently. Yeah, but if you're in the newspaper business, you have a natural curiosity. That's what you wanted to do. You want to tell a story, the whole story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if a blanket indictment of an absence of curiosity covers it. Uh, it sure seems to me that's the case in North Carolina. You mean to tell me there's not some reporter down there that doesn't want to really dig deep here, really dig deep, even if it even if it involves finding out that the kid imagined it all? That still doesn't account for the health of that child. No, that's a, if if that child imagined that, that's even more healthy kids, to get kids, them along. Kids, kids have imaginary friends. That, that's a yeah. pretty common growing up. You know, we used to have to set a, a table, uh, set a plate for one of my – I'm not kidding – for one of my sister's imaginary friends, and <laughs> and she turned out all right. And, and, but, right. you know, I'm wondering what would happen today if that happened. I bet, I bet the modern mother might freak out. Uh, counseling and what's going yeah. on. I think I had one in sixth grade. No, but 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 there. the but the sister I'm thinking of this all worked. She's she's very reputable and successful and she's had a great career. And uh, uh, but when she was six, seven, five, whatever, they my mother would set a plate at the table, really? and this invisible person sat there. Not that the family was strange, right? <laughs> well, that's uh, I guess that's what's missing, and I don't know. Why somebody goes into the newspaper business to only tell part of a story? That last, okay, that that runner story. Uh, run through it and and, and pick out um, places where you would want more information. All right, let's just see it. how many there let's are. Let's read it again. Yeah, you keep track. I'm going to keep track here. You have a writing instrument, right? Yes. A Colorado runner was attacked. Stop right there. I'd like to know how old. Okay, age. Yep was attacked Monday by a mountain lion during a trail run in the northern part of the state that resulted in puncture wounds to his face, arms, legs, and back, and the death of the animal. I want to to know how the animal died. Oh, here's the irony. Look at what they have on this guy. He's got puncture wounds. They had a good start there, but then they left the animal. Okay, so so far I want to know how old this guy was, and I want to know how he managed to subdue the animal. Because that's the first thing people are thinking about when they read this. So you got two so far. Yep. Rebecca Farrell, a spokeswoman for Colorado Parks and Wildlife, told this Concord, the Coloradoan, the man was running alone at Horsetooth Mountain open space near Fort Collins when he was attacked from behind. Okay, just for the hell of it, I would have liked to have known the weather conditions. Was it cold? Was it snowing? Okay. Whatever. Got it. Noted. The runner, whose name has not been released, I'd be curious to wonder why uh, that that isn't uh, a principal concern of mine, but I, I'm wondering why, okay. his, if nothing else, the guy could end up on every talk show in the country if he felt like it. Right. Uh, the, the runner, whose name has not been released, fought off the cougar, killing it in the process, and okay, but how? So it's the second time they mentioned death, but didn't explain how. How. Okay. And hiked out of the area and drove himself to a hospital. Uh, okay. okay. I guess I don't have any questions. He drove himself to a hospital. The Denver Post reported that the runner suffered serious injuries that included facial bite wounds and lacerations to his body. He is expected to recover. Uh, I would wonder, is there a danger of rabies? Okay. Does he, does he face 
some untold health future here. We, we don't know that. Wildlife officers searching the trail found the juvenile mountain lion's body near several of the runner's possessions. Oh, I, I think a good reporter would have wondered what the possessions were. Okay. Uh, was a, a compass, or... a compass, a pocket knife, uh, an extra pair of gloves, hand warmer, whatever. Just to, those are important details that would fill out the story. Okay. All right. Uh, they estimated that the animal weighed about 80 pounds. Okay, I guess what I want to know is, uh, is an 80-pound mountain lion, uh, Kate Mold, okay, go back to the beginning. Not only did I, do I need the runner's age, I need to know his height and weight. True. Right? Yeah. Because that helps me put into context uh, the matchup with the 80-pound animal. Right. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, it's been weighed about 80 pounds, all right. Oh, and I guess I would want to know from the wildlife officials, would an 80-pound animal have had the strength to to kill the man? Or would that, have be, would that have been based on the size of the human? Hmm. In other words, this animal might have succeeded if it was some 15-year-old kid running that trail, some scrawny 15-year-old kid. Right. Right? I don't know. See, that's why reporting isn't what it used to be. Are you keeping track? Yes. Uh, the runner did everything he could to save his life. What? We're not told what he did to save his life. Right. That's, Other than he fought back. Right. I want to know gen- how. Did he punch? Did he strangle? Did he kick? Did he body slam? Right. What? I want to know in case I'm running there and I get attacked by a cougar. Right. I want to be ready. Uh, in uh. Uh, the runner did everything he could to save his life in the event of a lion attack. You need to do anything in your power to fight back, just as this gentleman did. Mark Leslie, Colorado Parks and Wildlife Northeast Region Manager, told KKTV. And I think we can deduce that who, whatever reporter for KKTV was interviewing Mark Leslie, that reporter did not ask him, well, what precisely did this fellow do? Right. Uh, the the last mountain lion attack in Colorado was reported in June 2016 in Pitkin County. Uh, mountain lion attacks are not common. It seems to me that's almost a part of the template. I'm not suggesting anything ill towards these uh, park rangers or park administrators or trail uh, trail bosses. But it seems to me that part of the template in the, in the typical uh, modern news gathering institution is to weigh on the side of the animal. Uh, and and to point out, don't worry, this isn't common. Got it. You saw it here with this uh, goofy uh, animal rights uh, person who's in charge of uh, whatever the hell office is called in St. Paul, who welcomed coyotes to town. Yes, you know, that was a we're joke. We're glad you chose coyotes. Yeah. Like they were at a convention in <laughs> Vegas, and they took the they took the tourist brochures and said, let's get to our true north. We're going to stay as far as long as the winter carnival, and then we'll head out. Mountain lion attacks are not common in Colorado, and it is unfortunate that the lion's hunting instincts were triggered by the runner. Okay, I'd like to know what triggers a mountain lion's hunting instincts. That's not instincts. in there. That's okay. not in there. Okay. What what was it? The color of his clothing, perhaps, uh, uh, or was it just his presence? Or uh, does the at- if the attacks are this uncommon? Does it suggest that the this particular uh, juvenile mountain lion was somehow ill? Hmm. Or doing something in particular mm-hmm. to attract the attention of the, of the beast? 
No, no, I'll finish the sentence. Right. Does the behavior of this mountain lion suggest that this mountain lion was ill? In other words, maybe oh, it, maybe it wasn't acting the way a mountain lion. If the if these reports are so uncommon, then why did this mountain lion do this? And so another thing that I'd want to know is is this indicative of that mountain lion being off its feet a little bit? I see. Maybe having a bad day due to some illness a or something or something right, like that. Right. right. Uh, uh, mountain lion attacks are not common, and it is unfortunate the lion's hunting instincts were triggered by the hunter Ty, by the runner Ty Petersburg area wildlife manager for CPW said this could have this could have had a very different outcome. I don't know what that means, so I want that explained. This could have had a very different outcome. What do you mean by that? Uh, meaning, sir, uh, meaning, right. meaning that's that, the question that should have been asked. Meaning that the and I'd call him, but we, we don't, we don't have right, a call. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Really, really disappoints me. I'm trying not to. <laughs> I, know, it. I know, you are. But, but, see, I, I want to know what that means. Does that mean that he's lamenting the loss of the mountain lion? This could have had a different outcome. Uh, had, had the lion not attacked the fellow, of course, there would have been a different outcome. The mountain lion presumably would still be alive. Or does he mean this guy's lucky? Because normally a mountain lion's going to win. Because okay, I, I'm done with the story. I read through it. How many? Uh, how many? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, a dozen. A dozen questions. About a dozen questions are unanswered. And those are all. I'm looking at those, and those are all legit. Age, height, and weight. Uh, how did the animal die? Weather conditions. Why his name was not released. Uh, again, they refer to the death of the animal. Rabies. The health. Uh, the belongings that were left. How capable is an 80-pound mountain lion to attack and win? Well, that would be con- entirely dependent on the size of the runner, which we don't know. Okay. Um, he did everything he could. Meaning, which was what? what? We don't what? know that. What did he do? Uh, did he scream at it, yell at it, make himself stand taller? What? What triggered the hunter's instincts? Meaning the cougar's Meaning instincts. Meaning the cougar, the mountain mm-hmm. lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the mountain lion's normal behavior or sick behavior? Mm-hmm. If it is off its kilter, what is it supposed to do? And then what is the different outcome? Okay, I have an, I have a, I have an experiment we can conduct. Mm. Let's take a break, only if you can promise me this. During this break, can you go to the big screen? Yes. And let's, let's see if we can find a more thorough story and see how many of those questions did get answered. Okay. We'll start with the Denver Post. Okay. We'll start with the Denver Post. We'll, we'll do that right now. Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Cadaby Group. The big just keep getting bigger and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. 
The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in January, February, or March and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389. He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sticking through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Okay, that mountain lion story that I read you was a small, uh, relatively short piece uh, from Fox News. Okay. All right. Now I have the Denver Post piece. Let's see how many of the 12 unanswered questions get answered in a more thorough piece. This is written by Kirk Mitchell, Denver Post. How the trail runner attacked by a mountain lion in Larimer County killed the animal. Colorado Parks and Wildlife Officers confirmed through a necropsy that a jogger on Horsetooth Mountain in Larimer County survived a rare attack by a young mountain lion by suffocating the animal to death. Okay, that's one question to answer. After additional investigation, including examination of the lion, we have confirmed the victim's account that he was able to suffocate the animal while defending himself from attack. Colorado Parks and Wildlife officials tweeted uh, Tuesday morning. Although the runner was bitten and injured after the mountain lion attacked him Monday from behind, he fought for his life and was able to kill the animal, yet questions remain. It's unclear whether the runner, who has not yet been identified publicly, strangled or smothered the mountain lion. He had... Uh, no, he had no weapons, so he killed the the cat with his bare, bleeding hands after climbing on top of the animal. All right. So okay. so far, we still only got the one question answered. Right. That's a big question, though. It's an amazing story. Everyone is baffled and impressed. Said Rebecca Farrell, spokeswoman for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. He had no weapons, no knives, or trekking poles with him. How did he do it? It's pretty rare. This is definitely a, there's that is definitely a twist on this. I'm sure. Uh, Monday's incident took place in a in a 2,711-acre park west of Fort Collins in the foothills of Larimer County. Uh, it ranges in elevation from 5,400 feet to 7,200 feet and has 29 miles of recreational trails. Okay, none of that is really germane to this, but that's okay. Okay. The victim was running on West Ridge Trail when he heard something behind him, Farrell said. As he turned, he saw the mountain lion pounce for his head and neck. The mountain lion bit him on the face and wrist. The victim managed to partially block the attack with his forearms, Farrell said. He managed to fight and break free from the lion. Once he fended the lion off, he counterattacked the cat by getting on top of it, she said. There are still a few mysteries, though, including exactly how he suffocated the animal. We have several questions for him, Farrell said. Uh, The victim was still in the hospital Tuesday receiving medical care, she said. That means today. Wildlife officers will go to the hospital today and ask him many questions about how he survived and then killed the lion. Wildlife officers also searched the trail where the runner told him his fight with the mountain lion took place. They found the dead mountain lion within feet of possessions of the victim and asked the officers to look for the victim asked the officers to look for. Hmm. Uh, we're not getting that question answered though. What? What did he right. Although preliminary information from the necropsy confirms the jogger's story about the cause of death, detailed information about the mountain lion's injuries have not been released and could take several days before they are made public. 
After being attacked Monday, the man hiked to safety and was able to get to a local hospital on his own. Uh, on Monday, he was being treated for serious injuries, including facial bite wounds and lacerations uh, to his arms and back. Every type of potential scenario is being considered, including the unlikely possibility that the mountain lion was rabid. Okay. okay. That's two questions yep. out of 12 answered, Farrell said. Uh, doctors will treat him for possible infections. Uh, that that same thing. Because yep. uh, I, I said future health, mm-hmm. that, that answers that. Mountain lion attacks in Colorado are rare. The act of running may have triggered the young lion's instinct to hunt. Okay. I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that as an answer. I'll circle that one. Three of the 12 have been answered. Yes. Mountain lion attacks are not common, and it, is un- and it is unfortunate that the lion's hunting instincts were triggered by the runner, said Ty Petersburg. Uh, this could have had a very different outcome. We still don't know what that means. The runner did everything he could to save his life, said Mark Leslie. Farrell said there are different survival strategies when a wild animal attacks a human. For some, the best strategy is to curl up and make yourself as small as possible. Not so with a mountain lion, she said. People attacked by a mountain lion should do what this victim did, fight for your life. To avoid a physical confrontation, a person should yell and make themselves appear bigger by standing tall and waving their arms and facing the mountain lion, Farrell said. With a mountain lion, your best chance is to fight. If you make yourself small, they think you are prey, Hmm. Farrell said. And that's the end of it. So how many questions do we get answered? Three questions. Well, I I think the most... What is... Give me the ones that aren't answered yet, and I'll tell you what I think would be the most helpful. Uh, age, height, and weight that, of the that's victim. The one, that's the one we need answered. Right. And that, uh, I don't know why we don't, we don't even get his name. What else did we get, not get answered? Uh, well, the name released. I don't care about his name. I, that might be. I live without that. You think that could, this is a really long way to go, but you think that could be because he killed an animal and the animal rights activists might come after him? That's not out of the realm of possibility. Okay, so name release. We didn't I don't. Get that. I don't know that that's the reason, but weather conditions. Yeah, that didn't get answered. I'm not sure that's germane to the story, but that would I would like it to flesh it out. What belongings? He, I, I would like to know what that was. He apparently asked the officials to go back and find his stuff. Uh, the 80 pound uh, beast uh, is that normal behavior for an 80 pound to uh, uh, mountain lion to attack someone? Uh, we can deduce that because they're checking for rabies, they they might be considering that's not normal behavior. Uh, he did everything he could. Uh, I think we got that. He he strangled the damn thing, okay. choked it to death, or whatever. And then uh, mountain lions' normal behavior versus sick behavior. Yeah. All right. And then uh, we could have had a different outcome. Yeah, I think that, uh, uh, that to, to, to summarize uh, the fact that reporting isn't what it used to be, we need the guy's age, height, and weight. Right. And we need to know uh, how he would have fared. We need to know if he succeeded because of this cat's juvenile status. In other words, uh, given whatever his age, weight, and height might turn out to be, would he be a goner if he faced a 120-pound cat? I don't, right. know, how big, I don't know how big mountain lions get. Uh, big enough that... That might have been another here. interesting uh, tidbit to have in the story. Mountain lions can reach as, uh, can weigh as much as 142 pounds. Or I'm going to add that to the list because yeah. that would be yeah. the, the uh, traits of a mountain lion. All right, well, whatever. So they answered three. Uh, that was a brief. Uh, that was a brief lesson in reporting not being what it used to be. Uh, but this reporter was more curious than the team that just whipped together a website story for Fox. 
I should have gone to the Denver Post right off the bat, but had I, I still would have nine unanswered questions. Okay, but now you're leading you to ask another question of these people that are putting together website news stories. Well, I, I encountered that last week with the, when I made my phone call to WCCO and, and challenged them why they were referring to last week's weather as historic. And I was informed that apparently what, what the modern news-gathering institutions have, not apparently, I, do, I know it to be a fact, what they have are teams of people who are preparing material specifically for websites. They're not out in the field reporting. Uh, true, and, and so maybe it's a, a small ray of hope that you got three pretty legitimate answers after you went to the Denver Post article and found out more uh, pertinent information. First and foremost, how did this thing die? The Denver Post, owned by the same uh, 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 hedge fund pirates that own the Pioneer Press. <laughs> One of your brothers or sisters at the mm-hmm. Denver Post, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that is a, a trend then that these people that are sitting in the newsrooms and just throwing something on the, the web to say, here's the story, and we only answered, you know, maybe one question. Well, and then the kid putting it together, I keep calling them kids, I'm assuming they're all young. Uh, the, the, the people putting it together, uh, uh, they display for me a lack of curiosity. Uh, yeah, chief, chief, chief among the curiosities in this story, there's really only one, one significantly unanswered question, that is age, weight, and height. Uh, age, weight, and height. How big was this guy? Was he a runner? Hiker's probably pretty skinny. You're not going to get a beefy hiker running through the trails. I don't know, but the age, weight, and height would help us understand uh, his chances had he been a different age, weight, and height. Uh, that's true. And then more explanation about is an 80-pound cat uh, destined to grow to be 150 pounds? And if so, this this guy might not have stood a chance. That we don't know. Right. Well, but, but would help again if we knew that he was uh, 180 pounds. All right, I had to come back and tell you that uh, Ilhan is back in the news. Ilhan's back Ilhan in the news. Omar is back in the news. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. May I have an Ilhan Omer, Omar update theme, please? Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. <laughs> She'll be at the State of the Union tonight, and I'll bet you anything that cameras will be trained on her and ACO and the rest of the new kids, huh? Uh, offsite correspondent and GL researcher Jim Wolf alerted me to this. Uh, Ilhan has weighed in on behalf of a transgendered power lifter. Whoa! Mm-hmm. There's a power lifter in the Twin Cities named uh, J.C. Cooper, who has gone or is going. Uh, I, uh, this is from, uh, what site did I get this from? Uh, either NPR or City Pages. A little over a year ago, J.C. Cooper of Minneapolis broke her ankle playing roller derby. Uh, to stay active, she decided to try powerlifting. Okay. Thinking of powerlifting as a slightly more accessible version of Olympic weightlifting. 
Each competitor trains for weeks in advance of a competition to perform three events, the squat, the bench press, and the deadlift. The goal, obviously, is to, to lift as much as you can. Right. 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 And so we have a local a power lifter named J.C. Cooper. Still seems like it very difficult on your body, but go ahead. Go ahead. Cooper loved it. She loved training uh, and, the, and the transformative power of her body. As she pushed it further and further, it felt good, she said, to know what she's capable of. But she hit a huge wall when she tried to join USA Powerlifting, one of the leading powerlifting organizations in the nation. After exchanging emails with the chair of USA Powerlifting's Therapeutic Use Exemption Committee back in December, she was told that she could not compete because she was a trans. A trans. Male to female transgenders, the email said, are not allowed to compete as females because it's supposedly a direct competitive advantage. Okay. All right. To Cooper, being excluded to say nothing of seeing a demeaning term like transgenders used so casually... Why is that a demeaning term? It's in the LGBTQRNNOBVB lexicon. Yeah, I don't think it's demeaning. That's what they use. To Cooper, being excluded to say nothing of seeing a demeaning term like transgenders used so casually wasn't just a punch in the stomach. It was baffling. The International Powerlifting Federation, which includes the USA Powerlifting, adopted the uh, International Olympic Committee's rules regarding trans athletes last fall. Basically, trans women can compete as long as they undergo hormone therapy. So, so males switching over to females as long as they take their hormone therapy, which kind does that weaken the body or, or may, not weaken? What's the right? I don't know. Cooper says she followed the committee's rules. She declared her gender for sporting purposes. She was she, she submitted five test results from 2016 to the present day, all of them showing her testosterone levels are well under the guidelines for competition. There's nothing in USA Powerlifting's bylaws that says she can't. You're, you're probably wondering about Ilhan, aren't you? Yeah. I'm She'll a, join the fray here in a moment. Okay. We're going to throw an 80-pound uh, mountain lion at this the person see if they can take care of it? There's nothing in the USA Powerlifting's bylaws that says she can't compete, except an email from its leadership. It takes your breath away, she says. Two weeks ago, she watched as her friends and peers competed in the state bench press championship in Maplewood unimpeded. They celebrated together. They bonded at the barbell. She was forced to stay in the stands. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Cooper's not the only one who thinks it's unfair. Team Green, a team of powerlifters who train at the Movement Minneapolis, issued a statement to USA Powerlifting demanding that trans women be allowed to compete under the same guidelines as its parent organization. USA Powerlifting has two and a half weeks to comply, the statement said, or Team Green's participation in meets would be affected. Uh, the movement owner, David Delanave, said he'd prefer to keep an open-ended exactly what that will mean. We have all sorts of different kinds of people in our gym, he said. He'd love for each and every one of them to be able to try powerlifting without fear of breaking rules or outing themselves. He said the team agrees, okay? If any person is willing to put their bodies through that kind of training, they should be allowed to compete. Team green lifter Jennifer Waters says. Okay. All right. We're almost getting to Ilhan. Here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so far, nobody on the team has received a response from USA, but Delan Delanave is hopeful the organization will listen. Team Green is one of the powerlifting's biggest footholds in the state, and it's a relatively simple policy change. Just follow the guidelines of your parent organization. Let Cooper compete. 
As for Cooper, she's not giving up. Powerlifting last week, she competed in the USPA Minnesota, another powerlifting federation, state championship in Mankato, and she won. All right. Congrats. She said, I'm in this sport to stay. All right. And then you go to, uh, where did I get this piece? Uh, Again, this is either NPR or City Pages. Uh, USA Powerlifting bans, bans all trans women from competing as women. And then we get another story about how J.C. Cooper uh, has been barred from powerlifting. There's a picture of her here. Okay, how are we doing? Well, she she looks entirely more capable of lifting than I do, for example. Yeah, I'm sure she looks more capable. I think that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we get over here. She's a trans woman. Trans woman. She had applied last year to compete. Uh, in a recent USA powerlifting event in Minnesota, in a, in December, her application was denied. Uh, Did I miss the age? Well, reporting isn't what it used to be. We don't have the age. Okay. I'll write that down. <laughs> uh, and then it gets into bone density and scientific stuff. And but we. You know. It sounds like that's pretty rough on your body. But well, anyway, Ilhan got wind of this. Okay, yeah, bring Ilhan. This is an Ilhan Omar update. I, I would imagine maybe J.C. Cooper contacted Ilhan. Okay. Right. Right. Uh, and Jim Wolf uh, provided me a copy of Ilhan Omar's letter to uh, the executive director of USA Powerlifting, mm. who happens to be Priscilla Ribic, and Dr. Larry Maley, president of USA Powerlifting. Uh, dear Ms. Ribic and Dr. Maley, uh, I am writing to express my concern over, over a recent decision, decision by USA Powerlifting to bar participation by my constituent, Ms. J.C. Cooper, because she is transgender. Under the Minnesota Human Rights Act, discrimination against anyone based on their gender identity is illegal. This includes in public accommodations and in Minnesota organizations such as USA Powerlifting. In fact, just last month, a Minnesota jury awarded Ms. Christina Ginther $20,000 after the Independent Women's Football League refused to allow her to participate because she is transgender. I urge you to reconsider this discriminatory, unscientific policy and follow the example of the International Olympic Committee. The myth that trans women have a direct competitive advantage is not supported by medical science, and it continues to stoke fear and violence against one of the most at-risk communities in the world. While I do not have direct jurisdiction over this matter as a U.S. Congresswoman, I am sending this letter to Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison with a recommendation that he investigate this discriminatory behavior. Sincerely, Ilhan Omar, member of Congress. Okay, well, I guess smarter people than me would have to break this down with her contentions that uh, uh, there's no scientific uh, basis to conclude that the likes of J.C. Cooper would have an advantage. It seems only logical to me that if you're born male, yep, and you've been male for quite some time, mm-hmm. it, it just seems logical to me that you would have an advantage over a female. As far as weightlifting, yes. I, the, other question, so. the other question I would have is, uh, we're very careful uh, to not allow uh, any Olympic competitor in any sport to take drugs. Wouldn't wouldn't these injections she was taking fall under that rubric? I, I don't know. 
But what's interesting to note is that Ilhan has her ear on this. She's she's got her ear oh, to the floor geez. on this, and she's going to be right on top of it. And uh, that's a that's a uh, well, she represents Minneapolis, and JC is a constituent. I have no horse in the race. I don't care, care if JC Cooper uh, lifts uh, power lifts or not. I, I just don't care. How do you think this will be received by the brand new Attorney General of Minnesota, Keith Ellis? I think he and Ilhamar are of the same mind that there's been a great, great injustice uh, done here by these evil uh, power lifters uh, keeping out, uh, uh, keeping uh, J.C. from participating as a woman. Wow. Mm-hmm. Power lifting. Uh, no thanks. I feel like I would rip my arms off, don't you? Well, as I say. Kind of like sliding down the driveway with your uh, recycling bin in hand. J.C. would be entirely more capable of being a successful power lifter <laughs> than I am. <laughs> yeah. For a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. not the least of which he's considerably younger than I am, based, ah. based on looking okay. at her photograph. Okay. And uh, good luck to her. And uh, if you've got Ilhan in your camp, I think you're well on the way to uh, uh, to triumphing uh, in, in whatever way you need to. Follow your passion. Mm-hmm. Say, tomorrow... Uh, I don't know who's going to show up, so I can't really preview. <laughs> well, I can't tout any guests because I don't have a phone yet. No, but I will tell you this. I know we will have added staff members tomorrow. I'm not sure what Kenny's schedule is, but I know Johnny. I, 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 I don't want him. I'm, I'm getting used to not. I don't care if they show up. You ready for him to say, yeah, you Just leave that. him at home. Maybe he'll call in when we get a phone. They can't get here in the ice. They can't get here in the cold. They can't get here in the snow. Stay home. Stay home, girls. Huh? No, boys. <laughs> boys. And and uh, you'll be okay. A one-hour podcast today. Action-packed with information. If you want to go catch out some of the podcasts. would have been pod- a hell of a lot longer if I had a phone. <laughs> if you want to catch some of the back podcasts, you can go to garagelogic.com. Rate us on Apple iTunes. And we'll catch you next time. Garage Logic podcast version.